Well, here's a question for you. I wonder what the best present you've ever been given is. Have a think about that. What's the best present you've ever been given? Well, you've probably got all sorts of ideas. I think for me, it was a go-kart that I had to build myself. My dad had designed it, and it was fantastic until it snapped in half going down a steep hill. But uh, it was great, that present, one of the best presents I ever had. But, you know... Most people, uh, we, we think of, you know, we've got all sorts of ideas about what sort of present that might be. Well, one couple, when they got married, they decided that they would buy each other presents. It, one was um, someone by the name of Tom Cruise, and he got married to somebody called Katie Holmes. And uh, I wonder if you can guess what the present was that he bought for her. Any ideas? Can you guess what the present might have been? What do you think it might have been? Do you think it was an amazing ring? Or a a, a fantastic set of clothes. Well, this is what he bought for her, okay? He bought her a jet. It only cost 14, no, 13,000, 13 million pounds, but that was all right. He's got lots of money anyway, hasn't he? 13 million pounds. That was a pretty amazing present, wasn't it? Um, And then there was um, another uh, wedding. This time, it was the crown prince of Abu Dhabi married the uh, princess Salami. And uh, <laughs> I thought I'd catch you out there. <laughs> Salama. <laughs> there we go. She, she didn't look like that, actually. But there we go. And uh, his dad just happened to be the ruler of Dubai. And uh, he bought them a wedding present. I wonder if you can guess what the wedding present was that he bought them. An island. Well, it could have been an island. Actually, what he bought them was a 20,000-seat stadium. Now, I don't know what they were going to do with a 20,000-seat stadium, but that one cost £14 million. That's a pretty amazing gift as well, isn't it? That's pretty amazing. I don't think any of us will ever be buying presents like that. But this morning, we're going to think about one really amazing gift. An amazing gift that's more amazing, more valuable, more important than any of those gifts that we've been thinking about already. And now what is that amazing gift? Does anybody know what it is? There's a big clue on the platform, all right? What is that amazing gift? Anybody going to put their hand up and tell me? Yeah. Brilliant. It's Jesus. It's Jesus coming into the world, isn't it? God's amazing gift. God's amazing gift of Jesus. And there's a verse in the Bible. It's one of my favorites. It's probably one of yours as well, actually. And we're going to read it out together. It's just going to come up on screen because it tells us what this amazing gift is. So this is where I need a bit of interaction because as we read these verses together, then we're praising God who uh, sent his son into the world. So let's read this verse together. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so that amazing gift of God that's better than a a 14 million pound stadium or a, a, a 13 million pound jet is Jesus Christ, God's Son. Why? Because God sent him into the world to save us from our sins. And this verse tells us who God gives this gift to. Anybody can tell me, who does God give this gift to? Who does he give it to? Can you see? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that 
Who does he give the gift to? Yeah. Whoever believes. None of my questions are hard. See, so you don't need to be scared. They're all easy, easy ones. To whoever believes, whoever believes, whoever puts their faith and their trust in Jesus. You know, we're probably on beach missions. We talk about Jesus dying on the cross almost more than anything else, don't we? And sometimes some of you might think, why do we do that? Why do we talk so much about Jesus? Well, because at the heart of our Christian faith is a saviour who died. A God who loved us so much that he sent a saviour to die for us, his own son. But what difference does it make that Jesus died on the cross for us? What difference does this amazing gift of Jesus make to us? Some of you may have been coming to Beach Mission reunions for many years and you think, well, I've heard this so many times. But I want us to discover this morning a little bit about why this is such an amazing gift. God's gift of Jesus Christ saves us, changes us. It creates in our hearts a love for God. It's the death of Jesus that moves us, that motivates us to serve Jesus. And that's why we've called this morning Cross-Centered Devotions. And to help us think about it, we're going to open some presents in a moment. And I'm hoping that as we open the presents, it's going to help us to think a bit about what Jesus has done for us. If you come to my church, you'll discover that I love getting people opening things. So, uh, but as you know, it's not my church today. We're here, we're here today. We're to serve God. All together as his people, we're going to basically open some presents and uh, find out what's inside. So what is this amazing gift? Well, I want to tell you a couple of things about this amazing gift before you open the presents. And the first thing is that we don't deserve it. I wonder if any of you have ever had a present from someone and you just knew you didn't deserve it. You'd been really horrible to that person. Maybe it was to your brother or your sister and you'd been really, really horrible to them. And then to your amazement, they gave you a present and you kind of feel really embarrassed, don't you? They've given you a present even though you don't deserve it. And you know in the book of Romans, there's a wonderful verse and uh, I'm just going to put it up on the screen and this is what it says. Let's read it together. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And here's a verse that tells us about the amazing gift of God. But did you notice that before we get to the good news of God's gift, there's some bad news that we've got to hear. And the pretty bad news, the very bad news, is that we've earned ourselves something that we deserve, and that's death. And what that means is that our sin is so bad, so serious, that it stops us from knowing God and enjoying the life that he's given us to enjoy. And one day, if that sin isn't taken away, boys and girls, older ones as well, that sin will separate us from God forever. None of us deserve God's love because all of us have done things wrong. Not one of us deserves God's amazing gift because all of us have done wrong. But the fantastic news is this, that God gives us that gift for free. He gives it for free. An amazing gift. And then the second thing, we don't deserve it. But the next thing is we can't earn it either. We can't earn it. There was a little girl and she was opening a present at Christmas. Um, And I don't know about you, perhaps you're looking forward to Christmas already. Anyway, she was there and there was this huge present in front of the Christmas tree. And uh, as she started going through the presents, she came to this really big one. And on it, it said, from mum and dad. 
And she carefully tore the wrapping paper off and she opened it. And inside was the most amazing doll's house that she could ever imagine. Well, she burst into tears and she looked up at her mum and dad. And I wonder if you can guess what she said. This is what she said. But how am I going to pay for it? (laughs) She thought she had to pay for it. And her mum and dad said, no, it's free. It's already paid for. You know, sometimes people think about the Lord Jesus Christ like that. They think, well, if I'm really good, if I try really hard, if I do my best, if I go to church, if I read my Bible, if I do what my mum and dad want, if I'm careful to live the way that will please God, they think that will make them into a Christian. Well, the Bible says no. The Bible says it's only by God's grace. It's something he gives for free. A wonderful verse in Ephesians, just on the screen. Let's read it together. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. You see, this verse tells us, doesn't it, that there's nothing that we can do to earn God's love. There's nothing that we can do to earn a place in heaven. The only way that we can be friends with God is by accepting that wonderful gift, that amazing gift of Jesus Christ. So what have we seen? We've seen that God's gift is Jesus who came into the world to save us from our sins. We've seen that we don't deserve the gift of God. And we've seen that we can't earn it. But now let's find out what this wonderful gift of God does. What God does for those who accept this gift. And this is where I'm going to need some help. Because I need some of you to open up at the front. Okay, so I need someone to come and open the first one for us. Who's going to open? Now, two of you. I need two people to come out and open the gift. Who's going to help it? One, come on out. Have we got one more? Yep, come on out. There you go. Come on down here. Right. Let's come up here. Oh, yes. Come on over here. Let's come up here. We're going to open some presents now. Up here, this way. Up here. There we go. That's it. Come on up. Now, let's have a look what's inside. Now, this is where we're going to hopefully find out. Let's have a look. So, do you want to open it up, this one? There you go. You grab one side. There you go. Oh, what's inside? Can you see what's inside? What do you think it is? Water. So there's some water in there. Yeah, what else? A bowl. Is, a bowl, yep. What else is in there? Um, a towel. A towel, yep. What else is in there? A sponge. A sponge, all right. What else is in there? Um, a box. A box? <laughs> that's the present. That's the one that's most interesting, isn't it? What else is in there? Do you know what? Cream. Um, cat box. Cream. Oh, there's some, a box. With, do you know what? Cream. Cream, some cream. What do you think this is? What do you think that is there? You rub it on your hands. It's soap, isn't it? Nobody knows. Children don't know what soap is now, do they? Well, there we go. So here we go. Let's put that. Thank you ever so much for opening my present for us. So let's go and sit back down again. Thank you very much. Now then, so we have got in there all sorts of presents. Now, anybody know why have we got some soap, some a towel, and why have we got uh, a sponge? Why are those things? What does that tell us about Jesus? Can anybody tell some of the things that Jesus has done for us? Anybody any idea? What has Jesus done for us? What has he done for us? 
Any idea? I will. We'll come back to that one in a moment because I want to just tell you for a, a, a few moments because about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Now, who likes having a wash? <laughs> who doesn't like having a wash? Who likes getting really muddy? Have we got another picture? Who likes getting like this? Anybody like getting like that? <laughs> Get really, really muddy. Well, you know, the thing is, if you scrub really hard, do you think you can get yourself clean? Yeah, even if you got really muddy like that, you could get yourself clean, couldn't you? Yeah, I was on a beach team once, now, and I was, I was only a young t- team member. And I offered to be the pump in, a, in the pump story. Now, those of you who know the pump story know what happens. Anyway, it involves being painted. So I said to the people who were going to paint me, whatever you do, don't use poster paint because it doesn't come off. Well, they did. <laughs> they used poster paint. I was cut painted bright red. And to get it off... I had to go in the sea with a wire brush and scrub it off. <laughs> the, the sacrifices you make now, boys and girls. I eventually got off all that red paint off me. And if you scrub yourself really clean, you can make yourself really clean. But you know, boys and girls, older ones as well, the Bible says no matter how much we scrub ourselves, we can't make ourselves clean on the inside. You see, the Bible says we've got a big problem. The problem is that we can't make ourselves clean on the inside. Because of the wrong things that we do, the Bible says we're dirty on the inside where God sees. Our sins make us unclean. Those sins stop us from knowing God. We might be able to make ourselves look good to other people. But you know, boys and girls, older ones as well, we can't make ourselves look clean to God. No matter how much we do to change ourselves. Many years ago, a prophet called Isaiah wrote about what God was going to do for those who trust in Jesus. And this is what he said. Let's read it together. And I'm going to ask that question again. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like snow, they shall be white snow. Though red like crimson. They shall be like wool. Boys and girls, older ones, the Bible says that Jesus took upon himself the sins of all of us who have done wrong, who trust in Jesus Christ. And when we trust in him, he makes us completely clean. He washes away our guilt so that we can know God and be friends with him. And you know what's better? What's even better? He says, I'll never remember those sins again. And he can do that because he died on the cross in our place. He took upon himself the sin that we have committed. The things that separate us from God. Jesus was punished for them. So, boys and girls, what, what have we learned? What is it? Jesus, it's there on screen. This is the easy one, isn't it? What does Jesus do for us? Jesus makes us clean. I was at a, 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 doing a children's talk a, a little while ago, and a little girl, she said, I wasn't there the previous week when we were talking about this. She said, but I think the answer, she looked at these things, she said, yes, Jesus makes us clean. He does. Boys and girls, if you become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, then Jesus makes you clean. Let's put that one up here. Jesus makes us clean. And I want to ask you this morning, Has Jesus made you clean? 
Has he? Has he washed away your sins? The Bible says if you've asked him, if you've turned to him, then Jesus has made you clean inside where God sees. And you can know him because of that. Now I need someone to come and um, open my next box, find out what's inside there. So uh, who's going to open the next one for us? Two of you to come down and open the box. Yes, somebody up there. Come on down. And I can't see many of you from... Have we got someone else? Yes, yeah, someone there. Come on out there. Yeah, there we go. Great. Let's come up here. Here we go. Right. Let's have a look. Do you want to pull the other one? That's it. What's inside there? What's in there? A picture of a baby. A picture of a baby. Right. What else is there? Leaves. Some leaves. What else can you tell us about the leaves? It's a plant. Is it a little plant? Mm, I don't know. Do you think it's a new plant? Is it just growing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, lovely. And let's have a look. Stay up here, ma'am. Now, we've got here, we've got a, a plant. It's a little plant. And there's all, what's inside it? Stones. Stones. Lots of stones. So it's coming out of a very rocky bit. And what have we got here? Picture of a baby, isn't it? A little baby. So it, do you think it was just, it's not long been born, that baby? No. It's a new baby, isn't it? Yeah. New baby, that's great. It is, isn't it? So there we go. Thank you ever so much for opening that one for us. So you go and sit back down again now. Now then, okay, so we've got a, a new baby and a little plant growing up. So what does that tell us? All of those things tell us about what? New what? Anybody going to have a go? New what? Yes. New life or new beginnings. New beginnings. That's what it's all about there. New beginnings. And you know, the Bible says that when we become a follower of Jesus, there's a new beginning. You see, the problem is, boys and girls, that we've gone wrong. I don't know if you've ever started a painting or maybe done some cooking or made a model and it's all gone wrong. Have you ever done that? You started a painting and you say, oh, it's gone all wrong, it's all spoiled, and, you, you know, and it's, it's gone really badly wrong. And you say, oh dear, you've got to start again. Well, the Bible says we've gone all wrong. The Bible says because of our sin, because of the wrong things that we've done, we've gone all wrong. But, you know, the great thing is that the Bible says because Jesus died on the cross, because of God's amazing gift of Jesus, that we can have a new start. You see, a lot of people think that Jesus is someone we kind of just add into our lives. But Jesus gives us a brand new start. We need to realize that we've messed up. We've gone wrong. We've broken God's commandments. We've let God down. We've gone our own way. We said, I want to do my things, not God's things. And that new start happens when we say sorry to God. When we confess that we've gone wrong. But you know, the wonderful thing is, it doesn't matter how much we've messed up. It doesn't matter how bad we've been. Because the Bible says Jesus' death on the cross is enough to cover even the worst of sins. God gives us a brand new start. And why is that? It's because 
Jesus died for our sins. And there is no sin too great for Jesus' death to cover. There's a wonderful verse in the Bible, and many of you know it. It comes in 2 Corinthians and chapter 5 and verse 17. Let's read it together. Wonderful verse. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. New life has begun. You know, that's it, isn't it? A new life has begun. When we come to Jesus, it changes everything. It changes the way that we think, the way that we live, the way we play with our friends, the way we do our work. The Bible talks about those changes in lots of ways. It says that we go from old to new. That's what that verse says, isn't it? We go from lost to found. A wonderful verse, the Son of Man has come into the world to seek and to save what was lost. I know it's horrible when you're lost, but the Bible says we are lost away from God until we come to him. The Bible says not only are we lost and now found in in Jesus, but we go from the darkness to the light. Once we were wandering in the darkness, unable to see which way to go, but when we can't become a Christian, God opens our eyes to see. For once we were in darkness, but now we're in light. We go from death to life. We go from death to life, even though we were once dead because of our sins. God gave us life when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It is by God's grace we've been saved. Because Jesus died for us. We who once were dead in our sins have been made alive in Jesus. And because of Christ's death on the cross, we go from being blind to being able to see. The Bible says of Jesus, he said, I have come into the world that the, the blind may see. Because Jesus died, those who were once blind to God have their eyes opened. You know, when we become a Christian, this change is enormous. It's not just a little thing we add on. Let me ask you, has Jesus given you that new start? Has Jesus given you that new start? Or is Jesus something you just add into your life? Well, that's number two. Let's put that one up. Jesus gives us a new start. I need some help now. I need one of you to open the next present for us. So, let's have a look. Who we got up there at the top? Yes, come on down. Yes, that's it. In the, in the bluey green. I think that's yes. And we've got someone else. Yes, one over there as well. Come on out. The... There we go. Let's find out what we've got. That's it. Come on up on the um, platform. And let's find out what's in our next present. And what we can learn about Jesus. So, it's this one now. Do you want to open that one up between you? Let's have a look what's inside there. Ah, I might need some help here because... Right, what have we got inside there, do you think? Do you know what those are? Um, there's a picture of a frog. A picture of a frog. Should we find out... Let's see if it, if our, if it looks like... It looks a bit like a frog, doesn't it? Should we hold it up? What do you think it might be? Do you think it's a frog? Chameleon. Ooh, it's a chameleon! It's a chameleon. Okay, so we've got a picture of a chameleon. We'll find out about chameleons in a moment. What else have we got in there? What's that in there? A toy robot. A yeah. toy robot. Do you know what sort of robot it is? Mm, no. Do you know what it is? Anybody know what this sort of robot is? Let's put it up on screen there for us. Right, anybody know what that one is? So I can see a hand right up at the top. Shout it out. What is it? 
Transformer. Okay. Now, what do we know about transformers? What can they do? <laughs> Come on. You, what can they do? They can change, can't they? They can change from cars to robots and robots to cars, can't they? What can chameleons do? What can they do? They can change colour, can't they? They have the power to change colour. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much. You can take that one away with you if you like. Thanks a lot. Great. Thank you very much. Let's go and sit back down now. Now, so what does that tell us? Here's a chameleon. It can, has the power to change colours. A transformer has the power to change what it is into something else. But, you know, we don't have the power to change ourselves. Only God has the power to change us. And the problem is, we don't have the power within us to be anything different to what we are. We can make ourselves look better on the outside. We can try to be successful. But the Bible says we can't change what God sees. We can't change our hearts. The problem is, we don't have the power. Jeremiah the prophet was right when he said that the human heart is deceitful and deceptive above all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? None of us can change our sinful hearts. Only God has the power to change us within. And that's just what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Let's read what he says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. The Bible says that God alone has the power to change us. So there's the next thing that we learn. God can change. Give us the power to change. Perhaps there's someone here and you've been trying to change yourself. Maybe you've been trying to say the right things. Maybe you love spending time with Christians. Perhaps you're pretty good at looking like a Christian. But has God actually changed your heart? Boys and girls, has God given you a new heart? Has he changed you within older ones as well? Has he changed you? Are you truly trusting in the Lord Jesus? The wonderful thing is when we invite the Lord Jesus into our lives... To take control, he gives us the power to change and to be what he wants us to be by his death on the cross. Well, we're going to try and um, open up another present now, find out something else about what Jesus has done for those who trust in, the, in him because of his death on the cross. So I wonder who's going to open our next present. I need two of you to come up and open that present. So let's have a look. I'm looking for those hands. In the middle, in the middle, someone in the middle. I, I can't see you very well. Come on, yes, come on, that's it. Yep, here we go. Where are we? Any more? That's it, there we go. Come on down, we need one more. Looking for that hand. Ah, we've got one over here. Yes, come on over. Yep, come on down. That's right. The problem of being up here is you can't see because the lights are so bright. There we go. Come on up. There we go. Come on up. Let's go and find, let's find out what's in um, this, this one here. We're on to this one now. 
There we go. Let's find out what's inside. Now, I might have to do a bit of thinking on this one. So let's have a look what we can find in there. Okay. So what, what can you see? Handcuffs. Some handcuffs. <laughs> now, are, what, can you tell me anything about the handcuffs? Um, are, they, are they open or are they closed? They're open. They're open. What else can you see in there? Uh, padlock you and chain. A padlock and some chain. Can we find out if it's locked? If it's locked? Ah, the chain is... Well, it's not tied round anything, is it? No. What else can you find in there? What else is in there? Do you know what this might be? What does it say? Let's have a look. What's that say? Paid in full. So what's it say? Paid in full. Paid in full. Can you see what's behind it? Um, Do you know what they are? Bank statements. Bank statements. Big ones. <laughs> right, okay. And it says here, urgent, final demand. It says due. Okay, these are all bills that need to be paid. Look, very high bills. And across it, what's it say in big letters? Paid in full. Paid in full. Right, I don't know about you. Thank you very much for that one. So, I, I don't know if you've got any of those bank statements that say things like owed, money owing, whether you've got debts. Boys and girls, hopefully you haven't got any debts, but you're, maybe some other people here have. Well, the Bible says, the Bible says that because of our sin, because of the wrong things that we've done, it's as if we are prisoners. We're trapped. We're captured. And the Bible says that one of the reasons why Jesus came into the world, well, why did he come? He came to, to do what? Anybody going to help me out here? Jesus came to... Who's going to have a go? What do you think the answer is? He came to set us... He came to set us free... The Bible says so wonderfully that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died to set us free. Listen to this wonderful verse that we have here. Let's read it together. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You see, the Bible says every one of us born into this world is born as a slave to sin. There was a man in the Bible, and in fact, he's had a really big problem. And people used to try and tie him up with chains to stop him escaping. He had a really big problem. Now, the Bible says the chains, as it were, are inside us. We do what sin wants us to do, even though we know we shouldn't. It doesn't matter how good we are or how good we think we are, the Bible says... Even if we've been brought up in a Christian home, even if we go to beach teams, even if we go to a great church, even if our mum and dad are Christians, the Bible says that we're all, until we trust in the Lord Jesus, slaves to sin who need to be set free. I wonder if you've ever realised that, that the Bible says that you need to be set free. A lot of people don't realise that it's that telling lies and disobeying your parents and saying nasty things about your brother or sister. Well, they're bad things. But the Bible says that sin is against God. It's putting ourselves before God. It's saying, I want to live by my ways. I don't want to live by God's rules. And we know how easy it is to do, don't we? We know that we should love God with all of our hearts. We know that we should put him first in our lives, but we don't. We want to please ourselves. 
And as we saw earlier, sin is so serious that it stops us from knowing God. It, it makes us slaves to sin. And no matter how hard we try to change ourselves, the Bible says we can't break free. But Jesus died to set us free from sins. That's why the cross of Jesus, his death on that cross is such good news. By trusting in him and the work that he did for us on the cross, every sin can be forgiven and we can be set free from the penalty of sin. If we're trusting in Jesus, we're no longer under the judgment of God. No longer will God punish us for our sin. The Bible says Jesus was punished instead. We can approach God with confidence and joy. Jesus died not only to set us free from sin, but he died to set us free to serve God. One of the main reasons why God set us free from sin is so that we can please God. As forgiven people, we have new desires and new, uh, new passions. Our aim isn't to please ourselves, to, to please God. And yes, it's true that we'll keep on battling with sin throughout our lives till we meet the Saviour. But God gives us his spirit and he gives us the power to be different. So let me ask you the question. Has God set you free from your sin? Has God taken away your sin? Boys and girls, older ones as well. Has he? We can't break free from our sin. But God can set us free through Jesus. Well, got one more box to open now. And I wonder who's going to help us open this one. One more box. And yeah, I definitely need two people for this one. All right? So I need two people. Let's have a look. Have we got any? I've not seen any hands yet. Got any hands there? One up there? Is that no, no, not that hand. That's a, that's a scratching the chin. Uh, let's have a look. <laughs> right. Let's have two of you to come on down and open this one for us. Let's have a look. I need some help. You can if you. Here we go. One up there. Come on. Yeah, love you two guys. So enthusiastic. These two little boys here are going to come and help us. <laughs> guys, you're going to tell us. You, so you have to do the work of telling us what it's all about here. So here we go. Open the up, up the box. Right. We'll find out what's inside. It's a rabbit. It's a rabbit. No, it's not. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I didn't pull that in there. It's quite a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. Do you want to come up higher? Come up higher. I'll do. Yeah, pull it out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. Okay, right, guys. You're going to work hard now. What's this all about then? And let's have a look. What's, it, what's going on here? What are all these, these things here? What are they? Anybody going to help me out? What have we got here? What's all those things there? What's that? What do you think they might be? What do you think they are? Are they people? Yeah, they're people, aren't they? Lots and lots of people. What do you think those people might be then? Do you think what do you think they all might be? Can you tell me anything about them? Not just they're made out of paper. What can you tell me about them? The adults and children, yep. Anything else you can tell me about them? What else can you tell me about them? Yeah. They're all different colours too, aren't they? They're all different colours. And what we're trying to say here is all of these little figures here are telling us that God brings to himself 
a family. God makes a family. Jesus makes a family. So Andy, do you want to just pass us that sheet over there? Thanks. Let's put that one there. Jesus makes us family. Thanks so much, guys. You can just lay that down on the ground there. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Jesus makes us family. The Bible says that Jesus didn't just die on the cross for the sins of people in Britain or in America. He didn't just die for people who live in this country. He died for people across the world. He died for people brought up as Muslims, people brought up as Hindus. He died for those who don't believe anything. If they put their trust in Jesus Christ, his death is enough to completely take away their sins. He died for adults. He died for kids of all ages. If we trust in Jesus, he makes us family. And just to see how amazing this is, we need to remember what we were before we became Christians, if we're Christians this morning. We weren't neutral. We were God's enemies, the Bible says. We didn't play by his rules. We didn't want him in charge. We were against him. And that's why it's so amazing that God wants us as his family, but he does. And maybe there's someone here this morning, and you haven't yet become part of that family. You know, boys and girls, it doesn't make you part of this family by having a mum and dad who love Jesus. It doesn't make you part of this family because you come to the Beach Mission reunion. Only God can make us part of his family Only God can deal with the problem that keeps us out of that family, our sin. Only God can make us part of this incredible family that is all around the world, throughout all ages. There's only one way to be part of God's family, and it's up here on the the screen. Let's read it together. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right to become the children of God. It's those who welcome Jesus into their lives who are part of this incredible family. And boys and girls, when we leave this world, we will be with Jesus forever. It is so incredible, isn't it, that Jesus died on the cross. What an amazing gift. At the beginning, we talked about an aeroplane worth 13 million pounds. We talked about a stadium worth 14 million pounds. But this gift of Jesus is more important than any gift that could ever be given. We saw, didn't we, that Jesus makes us clean, that Jesus gives us a new start, that Jesus gives us power to change, that Jesus sets us free, and Jesus makes us family. What an amazing gift of God. And it's for all who believe in Jesus Christ. For all who believe in Jesus. This morning we've been thinking about the amazing gift of God. But it's not enough to know that Jesus died. We have to make a response. That Jesus died on the cross means that we can be clean from our sins. That he's given us a brand new start. We can have that brand new start. 
He gives us the power to change, to set us free from our sin. And he welcomes us to be part of his family. But as we trust in Jesus Christ and keep on trusting in him. And this should call from each one of us the devotion of our hearts. If we're a child, if we're a teenager, if we're an adult, what difference is the cross making to us? Does it really make a difference that Jesus died for me and for you? What difference will it make as you go from this place, from this conference, to your school, to your work, to your home? Will it make the difference that the greatest gift ever given was given for you and for me?